Blair Palmer and welcome to the Punks in Suits podcast, bringing the leadership thinking, beliefs, philosophies and practices behind punky, startup-y next stage businesses to you, even if your company's not quite there yet. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of the Punks in Suits podcast. I am so delighted to be here with you today. As ever, really, really exciting times here. We're starting to just put the finishing touches on our travel plans for November. Ivy and I are off to Mexico and this is more than holiday for us. This is an opportunity to dip our toes in the waters of a couple of things. So firstly, from my perspective, digital nomadery, uh, is it possible for me to take my business on the road? Is it possible for me to be location independent, as it is currently being called? So I will be taking my laptop and I will be staying on top of my correspondence um, and also uh, staying in touch with my clients and, and with you guys. I'll be podcasting from there. I hope if I can get a little bit of peace and quiet while we're out there. And it is within mind that in future we may do more traveling, maybe base ourselves in other countries. And this is really important for you, I think, because, you know, for me, work should and can have meaning. For too long we've been we've been rocking up to work thinking we have to work to earn money, it's a sacrifice, it's something you have to do, work is quite hard, there are moments of brilliance where you love it but there's also a lot of tough times around work and I'm really of the belief that that doesn't have to be true and even running my own business there are days that are tough, there are days where I think this isn't quite right. And so what I want to do is I want to explore how do you create work and a life that really, really fits who you are, is really authentic to you, allows you to really live with a a true sense of purpose, maybe a sense of calling, maybe not anything as grand as that. But how do you construct a life where work is meaningful and important and does bring you a huge sense of joy. So I am exploring that in my own life and doing a bit more travel over the next 12 months and hopefully beyond is my way of exploring that uh, on your behalf. And the other reason that this is exciting for us is from Ivy's perspective, this is our first experience of world schooling. So as you know, we are currently homeschooling Uh, But there is a whole movement right now of people who are taking their businesses and their children on on the road. And they are living in different countries. They're living in different ways. They are uh, becoming part of the community that they work, that, that they work and live in. Or maybe they are slow traveling around the world. But this is an opportunity for their children to grow and learn from the world itself. So while we love watching the documentaries about the rainforest, wouldn't it be even more amazing to be in the rainforest? While we love studying ancient civilizations, wouldn't it be amazing to go and visit the actual Mayan tombs and Mayan remains and see them with our own eyes and experience what it might have been like to live in ancient times? So this is what we're doing with our trip to Mexico. Of course, there will be plenty of eating out in nice restaurants and uh, swimming in the swimming pool. But 
Uh, I think it's going to be more than that this time. And as I say, I will be podcasting from there. And uh, if I haven't had a chance to reflect on what the experience has meant for us while I'm there, I will have a chance to experience, uh, to, to reflect on that when we get back. And I will share any insights with you that I think you might find interesting. However, today's podcast is an interview. It's an interview with a woman that I've known for quite a long time. Uh, Her name's Lisa Talbot. She is an award-winning personal stylist. She worked with me and helped me to completely revamp my wardrobe a few years ago, as we will discuss uh, in this interview. But I wanted to have her on the show because last week I had mentioned about hair and clothes being one of the ways that you could express more who you are in the work environment and that this can feel like a really massive risk because you know it's really visual people can really see that you're doing it if you're doing it right and I'm not quite the right person to share with you how you go about that so I wanted to get Lisa onto the show to give you a few tips and some advice and a a couple of words of caution actually about how to go about Uh, uh, changing up your style in the workplace as a way of expressing more of who you are, being more connected with your authentic self uh, through what you wear. So without further ado, let me hand over to that interview now. So I'm so excited to welcome Lisa Talbot to the show. Hi, Lisa. Hello, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm really good. Now, I've, I've put some makeup. Listeners can't see but I put some makeup on for you this morning um you know I don't normally uh, make such an effort at this time <laughs> this is all for you <laughs> and the lovely fur gilet that you're wearing that people can't see it's very furry yeah I'm, I'm strokeable today one of the reasons I'm having you on the show today is that I did a podcast uh, very recently about how people can release more of the punk underneath their suit and, and some of that being actually to question the suit itself. And then I thought, well, I'm not really credible in this area because, you know, fashion and clothes and all of that. I, I actually love clothes and I love a bit of shopping, um, but no one could uh, call me a fashionista. So I thought, let's get someone on the show that actually knows about this and that really works with people like the people that are listening um, who are working in business and who may feel quite limited in terms of how they can express themselves. And so here you are. Here I am. (laughs) So why don't we start with um, you just explaining a bit about what you do and particularly how you work with corporate clients. Why why are they coming to you? What what do they need help with? Okay. So um, a little bit about myself is I've been working as a personal stylist and as a personal shopper for about the past, gosh, it must be about nine years now. So I've seen not only a lovely stream of clients, both obviously personally and also, you know, people who work on a day-to-day basis in corporate roles and also, you know, people that work for themselves, have their own businesses, have a team of people as well. But so I've seen almost a change go from nine years ago right through to now. So I've seen not only people evolve, but also businesses evolve as to how and where and the perception of what they want their employees to look like. But what really happens is over the past nine years, I've seen people really want to make a change and not necessarily conform to exactly what a certain business 
thinks they should look like, if that makes sense. But what actually happens in doing that, we have seen a lot of businesses make that change from very, very formal dress, which is, you know, it used to be the ladies in the suits, whether it be a pencil skirt and a jacket or a shift dress and a jacket, um, and to gentlemen always in a suit, you know, shirt and tie and, and jacket and trousers that match, to much more of a casual approach into business. You know, this whole, as we say in inverted commas, um, the business casual. So business itself has evolved from, you know, when I started this nine years ago, right through to now. And I think it's where we're in that kind of situation now where both women and gentlemen, and it doesn't matter what level you are within the organization, whether you're, you know, literally running the post for everybody or whether you're the CEO, there now has become this, oh my goodness, I don't actually know what to wear. Um, I don't know whether to, you know, stay with the suits and because that's what I've always done. So actually what happens is as a business, um, people still feel that there is this expectation, I think, of exactly what they should wear, whether it be, you know, the suits or whether it should be more business casual. And this is where I've seen the evolve from nine years ago. And I think this is probably where we're getting to with what you're talking about as well, is where people are saying, I don't know what to wear. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly much easier when there was a strict dress code. And now, as you say, those, those rules have been diluted, um, but people are still kind of in a frame of mind that says probably a suit is best. And if I'm not sure, you know, so, so there's this, there's this um, saying people have, oh, dress for the job you want, not for the dress, not for the job you have. And what people tend to think of then is, well, I'm going to go smarter. I'm going to go more buttoned up. I'm going to wear actually more clothes rather than less, you know, and that, that kind of is still very prevalent, even though we're seeing, I mean, casual Friday even is so old fashioned. Now we're seeing organizations that are really loosening up on this dress code. It does create this question. Well, what would I, what, what shall I wear to work? Mm. And, and what you have is from um, a different business industry sector there is definitely dress, different dress codes throughout them. So if we take the banking industry, for instance, the banking industry is predominantly well-known, whether it be male or female, for suits and far, far more formal dress. Then you dip down um, another level, and if you go to um, areas such as marketing, PR, um, media, it is far more relaxed and far more um, understood that um, you can go to work in jeans, different trousers, skirts, chinos for guys, or they might have a bit more of a polo shirt, that type of thing, because the environment that they work in is far more creative. So because the environment is far more creative, the expectation is that the employees are creative themselves. So therefore, you know, they, they're trying to attract that kind of person to work for them, to obviously grow their businesses, etc. Um, media is very well known for being very, very relaxed. 
even to the point if you would go to a meeting for somebody in, in any of the media industries, um, you would you would absolutely could turn up in jeans or a denim shirt for a guy or you could you know end up in um a leather skirt for a girl a lady that type of thing um and then still when you drop down further the whole techie companies you tend to see um and i hope i'm not getting to trouble for this um but the techie areas they're almost quite scruffy <laughs> you know that they absolutely are they're, they're so technical in their ability they're not creative. So I have been into some, you know, technical businesses where I have seen guys in cargo shorts and flip-flops, which, okay, they may be very, very technical at what they do, but do they give the right impression to a customer who is potentially looking to buy their services? And this is then when you start a whole new ball rolling of, um, you know, first impressions are huge in a business. So I, I really get that. And I think um, we don't think enough about that. We, we, I think we think about it in quite a narrow way. So, well, because first impressions are so important, I need to wear the uniform. And actually, I wonder if because first impressions are so important, you need to think quite carefully about well, what is the first impression that you want to make? So and this is where we might differ a little because we've obviously talked about this before and I think that we have slightly different views, but I, obviously you're the expert in this area. I'm really interested in, in what you think is right. From my perspective, I think that if you want to bring about change and you want to be quite disruptive and you want to get your organization to think very differently, get away from industrial age ways of thinking about the business to a much more modern age way of thinking about how we do our work and how the impact we have in the world. If that's your, if that's your shtick, if that's your philosophy, then when you rock up in a, in a suit and look exactly like everybody else, you're kind of diluting the message. You're saying, I, I, yes, I am radical, but I still also want you to like me and want you to feel comfortable and, and to conform. So, so when you're thinking about that first impression, how, how conformist do you think you need to be? So it is very well known that um, the first seven seconds of anybody meeting you is when they will make an absolute opinion on you. And that opinion will be what car you drive, what house you might live in, are you married, have you got children, all that type of thing. So those first seven seconds, whether somebody meets you in a coffee bar or so you know you're going to a meeting or you're a salesman who's looking to sell a service or a product, those first impressions are massively, massively important. Now, I'm not saying that within those first seven seconds, you can't show your personality or what your experience is in your industry or your knowledge base or anything like that. But you have to still take into account what impression you are trying to make. So, for example, as, okay, so for example, as a fashion stylist and as a fashion shopper, if I turned up to a client meeting or you know a customer consultation or something like that and my hair was a mess and the clothes that I were wearing didn't uh, depict maybe what was on trend this season or something like that would that customer 
feel confident in my ability to do my job? And that's, that's the question I'm asking, you know? Um, and in, invariably, the answer will be no. And I, and I did this as a, I did a presentation, oh gosh, about a year ago. And I thought this is either going to work or it's either going to fall flat on its face. Um, but I was doing a presentation to a group of people and it was all about personal branding. Um, and I turned up in a pair of jeans, um, a pair of boots, um, cause I'm horsey. So I turned up in jeans, a pair of boots, a hooded sweatshirt and a, and a coat that was, you know, more like a bomber style coat, etc. And I sat down and they obviously carried on with their meeting and then they introduced me and I stood up and I watched people's faces when I said, good morning, I'm a personal stylist. And you watch people turn to their other colleagues as if to say, really, you know, <laughs> and then I went through the process of changing my clothing. So I took my jacket off, I swapped it for a blazer. I took my boots off, I swapped it for, I think it was a boot with a heel. Um, and I completely changed what I wore to what I would wear if I went to meet a customer. Their perception then changed of me as to, oh actually no, I now will listen to her and I will now take her seriously because she looks now like she knows what she's talking about and it, and it, do you know what Blair it's a very fickle nation we live in however those first impressions are so so important but we absolutely can show who we are as a personality through our clothes but we need to be I think conscious of what we're trying to achieve a in the business or in, in, in anything really so I really like this because it is about making, deciding what impression you want to make and thinking about how you're going to do that. And I, I suspect that um, people do think about that at the moment, but they think about it in quite a narrow way, which is that, well, if I want to make a good impression, I need to wear the uniform. And actually there might be more options available than yep. just, you know, the, the suit and the shirt um, for men or the kind of um, pants suit or whatever it is for the, for the women. So one of the things we, we, you helped me a few years ago, we went for a fantastic day shopping around the Oracle in Reading and bought some beautiful stuff, some of which I still have. And um, one of the things, the conversation we had right at the beginning was about my personality. And you had various different personality types that I might be. Could you share, because I remember the type you said that I was, uh, which was quirky, which I really liked, obviously. Um, can you share what some of these personality types might be? Because, you know, the, there's so many options now about what you could wear. If you're able to, to narrow it down to a bit of a type, that could really help. No, absolutely. And I think what happens with regards to style personalities are no matter what we do, we need to feel comfortable in our own skin. Absolutely. So if you're wearing a certain set of clothing to go to do a certain role or activity, if you don't feel like you, you will not feel confident in what you're about to do. So, you know, very much like if you're, um, say you are going to a, a meeting, say you're a CEO and you're going to present, you know, to, I don't know, 4,000 people on the stage, 
you are the expert in that field. You're the subject matter expert, great. But if you don't feel comfortable in what you're wearing, you, your presentation will not deliver as to what you want it to. So if you can understand your style personality, not only are you the subject matter expert, but you will feel good in what you're wearing. So therefore, you will feel good in how you present. So, and these personalities don't really change between gentlemen and um, women. So they're quite easy to, to move across the genders. Um, there is what we call a natural personality. So naturals tend to play an awful lot more with fabric um, and the look more than they do anything else. So a natural has a slightly more casual, informal look. However, they hate looking unkempt. So you will find a natural personality will still look very well put together. However, they won't look rigid. So they will play with fabrics such as, you know, the, the cottons, the denims, the linens. This season, they'll have velvet. They'll have leather. They'll have, you know, um, a lovely elastane in their fabrics that allows them to move and flex. So if you're looking at, um, for example, a blazer, a natural will wear more of a jersey style blazer than they will wear a formal cotton blazer. So naturals just play a lot more with fabric, so they're a little bit more casual and informal. Um, you've then got the dramatics, which is what you were. So dramatics are just quirky. So all they don't want to do is look like everybody else. <laughs> so if you take, um, take a dramatic gentleman, they might have um, a herringbone suit, you know, with a purple shirt instead of a you know a very just block colored gray suit with a blue shirt a, a blue shirt um and then a lady from a quirky perspective um may just have a really nice dress that's got a very strong print on it or they may have um black trousers for example with a nice glitter knit on the top half but they might have leopard print shoes so there's just something about them that allows their personality to be on show but it doesn't make them stick out like a sore thumb but what would happen is if they walked into a room for whatever they're doing you know even if they're just coming into the office people will say ah oh, i like what they're wearing or they won't like what they're wearing depending on that person's personality so dramatics are just a little bit different we have the feminines. Now, feminine for both ladies and gentlemen just potentially means a little bit more softness to the look as well. So for ladies, it will be they may incorporate some frills or some ruffles. So it could be like a vertical ruffle on a shirt for them under, you know, over maybe a pencil skirt. Um, and a gentleman may even go for... Um, a formal cotton shirt, for example, but on the inside of the lapel, there may be a floral print, or they may tend to go more from a soft tone point of view. So they might go for your pastel pink shirts or your powder blue or, you know, something like that. They'll make it softer in their look. Um, and then we have the classics. So your classics are your formal um fitted structured look um they can still create 
a huge amount of um, interest in their outfit, but they will use the structure of the garments to create the body shape. So if you take somebody such as Audrey Hepburn from a lady's point of view, she was very elegant, but you didn't see many print. You know, you, it was much more block colored. If she wore anything, you know, it was a polka dot. It was much more rigid in its look, but it worked with the body shape. And gentlemen, you will tend to find, will stick to the very traditional um, conservative look um, far more. And the last one is artistic. Now, artistic personalities are probably about 5% of our population. They are incredibly, incredibly creative. Um, they look amazing. Everybody will turn an eye. But from a perspective, a lot of people will say, wow, that person looks fantastic, but I would never wear that. <laughs> and it's very much, you know, that whole Alexander McQueen as a designer, very flamboyant, you know, Vivian Westwood with her whole tartan ensemble, you know, that type of look, um, you tend to find, you know, you'll find some of those people in the PR, the marketing, the media side, because that's who they are. Um, but they are quite a small minority. But what the whole style personality does, it helps people understand and almost challenge those boundaries of this is who I am. How can I now reflect in my clothing who I am as well? Because then you get that wonderful mix of somebody dressing according to their personality um, you know, we dress them then according to their lifestyle, so what they're doing, who they're working for, etc. Then we incorporate the body shape piece, and suddenly, no matter what somebody's wearing, whatever they do in life, their confidence is strong, their shoulders are back, and therefore, then they are empowered, like you said earlier on, to go into that workplace and say, Do you know what? I think this could be better than this, or have you thought about doing this? Because it's, it's an, in, clothes have an amazing way of making you feel either incredibly good or incredibly bad. And from my perspective, it's all about making people feel great. Whether they are wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt from Primark, or whether they're wearing a pair of jeans and a t-shirt from Prada. It doesn't matter. As long as that person feels incredibly confident in their own skin and with what they're wearing, I guarantee they will achieve far more. I really love this because, as we were saying before, I think people feel that, well, if they're not going to wear a, a suit because we don't live in those days anymore or because they're being encouraged to... To, to express themselves more, that they have to be messy, they have to be scruffy, or they have to be somehow artistic in the way that they dress and really creative when they've got no clue and actually aren't terribly interested in, in clothes. So, you know, the people trying to go from one extreme to the other. And what I like about this is that, you know, within the, say, the natural or the dramatic or the classic or the feminine, there are all the artistic there are ways to dress that still feel like you're professional, still feel that you're clean, that you're put together, that you can be taken seriously, that you've got credibility, and yet you're not just a drone who thinks, you know, who, who thinks and operates in this very narrow way. Yeah, you are an individual. 
you know, there were, I think there was something on the um, TV the other day, they were talking about DNA, <clears throat> excuse me. And they said, as a DNA, we are all different. And absolutely, we are all different. We all have strengths. We all have areas for development in the workplace, everything like that. But if you dress according to who you are, you are far more likely to grow as a person, um, no matter what you're doing. Um, so using, I think, those style personalities just sometimes help people understand why potentially they like certain things. Um, and obviously somebody like myself, even like when we shopped, I'm that, <coughs> excuse me, I'm the person who just pushes those boundaries a little bit. You know, you don't have to push them too so far over that the person says, oh really, you know, Lisa, that's just not me. But if you give them even a different color or a different print or <coughs> something like that, they will feel incredibly good. So I have a, a gentleman client who has his own business um, and he had um, a big, big award dinner to go to. Now he is definitely um, dramatic, definitely. So I knew that when we were picking out the, um, the dinner suit, it could not be normal. It couldn't just be a black suit. So in the end, this gentleman, because he had to do a presentation, and in the end, he had a velvet jacket with silk lapels, but in the velvet jacket was a print mm -hmm. that you could only see at certain, in certain lights. And he sent me a picture and he said, I have never felt so good standing up to present. And that's exactly what you want. Because he said, oh, I felt like me. Whereas if I'd given him that formal black dinner suit, he'd have, he'd have thought, well, you know, it looks okay but actually I don't feel special. And a lot of it about clothing is about feeling special. And again, it has no relevance as to the amount of money you spend on any one garment, because as long as it makes you feel good, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that um, I think people worry about. You know, some people fall into the trap of thinking, well, if it's expensive, it's gonna look good. Um, and if it's, if it's not expensive, it's going to look bad. Other people fall into the trap of thinking, you know, because I haven't got that much money to spend on clothes, I can't look great. And actually, when we went shopping together, we did a whole range of things, but we ended up in some, like you said, Primark and got some really beautiful pieces. But what was cool about you is you knew where to get so which is the right shop to go to for, for knits and which is the right shop to go to for a suit to make sure she, so you said something like there was a particular shop, I don't remember what it was, but I'm sure you do, where you said, I would buy knits in here, but I wouldn't buy a skirt in here. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly it. But then you see, I have the luxury of time. So whether you're a gentleman or whether you're a lady, I fully understand that ladies and gentlemen that work full time only have a weekend potentially to go shopping and for a lot of people that's the least thing on their mind <laughs> whereas you know whereas something somebody like me I spend my life in the shops because that's my job to find out who's doing what who does the best thing blah 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 and that's why a lot of clients will say you know working with you saves me actual time and money because I only buy what I need you push me that little bit to try something different um and there are some amazing pieces out there you know in our high street they're definitely definitely trying to work with 
all different types of personality and gender and everything like that to ensure that you know our economy grows and and things like that and it's it's absolutely you know it's so proven now that if you feel good in what you wear you will absolutely achieve and i think from a woman's perspective they have more flexibility because obviously as as women we can do different things with our hair you potentially could wear a different lipstick to add something different to an outfit you might be able to wear jewelry all that type of thing you know um different shoes kind of things so we have i think definitely more flexibility and more range that we can really allow our personalities to come out i think gentlemen have they're a little bit more restricted but they can still do some amazing things so they could have you know wonderful socks you look at peter jones he's well known for his socks you know guys can add in a different color tie they might have a different suit style that might be herringbone or it might have a check running through it in a different color or they might have gorgeous um lining of their jacket maybe in a print but their shoes could be a, a different fabric for example they could be suede they could be leather you know so there is a massive endless list for the gentleman as well um but what happens is in some cases um both for ladies and gentlemen you, you, you touched on it earlier on, they have a uniform and a uniform for work because it's the safe option. You know, I can oh, just get up and go to work. I can put this on, I'm done. But actually now people want to start being a bit more creative in their look and it does absolutely allow them to be a bit more confident and creative in their work, which is where you're coming from, where you're saying, you know, we want to push those boundaries a little bit. And, you know, loads of people have great ideas, don't they, in the workplace, but they're not necessarily confident to say them. But actually, if you feel confident in what you're wearing, the confidence allows you to go, oh, do you know what, have you tried this? And, and I think from um, a workplace point of view, employees are, are really welcome. They're welcoming now to listen to those ideas but they don't know what those ideas are unless someone is confident enough to tell them. Yeah, and I wonder if getting the clothes right and feeling more confident in yourself actually gives you more credibility to then say that idea. So if I mean, you were talking about the techies uh, and I, I feel bad for them because you know there are some techies that are really look amazing and, and, uh, and all of that. But equally, I think we all know the, the cliche and you, you, get, you get people in every organization who just, who, who just really making up their own rules about what about what they can wear and it's more the stuff that you would expect to see down at the beach um but anyway that aside you know if if you're not taken seriously in your organization because you seem not to care because of the clothes that you wear it's very diff difficult for you to get heard if, even if your idea is brilliant but if it looks like you care because you've made this effort and it's a conscious effort to express who you are through your clothes. Then when you speak, if your idea is good, I think people can hear you a bit more clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, it goes back to that first impression. Because, you know, unless you, you always have it, don't you, in a meeting or in a workplace or even standing by the coffee machine, not everybody is confident 
to chat or talk to people or whatever. But if they're confident in what they're wearing, it, it, it's really interesting. It's a bit like having an armor around them. They think, oh, do you know what? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's the power of clothing that people tend to miss a little bit, you know, and a lot of, um, I see a massive range of clients from all ages, whether they be, you know, literally from 14 years old, right up to 80. And, the, and I think if you look at the whole, all of their scenarios, a lot of it is, I've lost my way a little bit. Um, you know, I, I need to be, I need to understand how to dress my shape all that type of thing. So actually, if you dig really deep, it becomes all about the whole confidence um, situation. And I think you get so much more from people once they feel good about themselves, because that's it, isn't it? They all smile. And, you know, I always say to people, I know when someone has found the right item, when they push back the curtains, you know, of the change room, because they smile. And you go, that's it. That's it, because I guarantee you when you're wearing that item, that's exactly what you'll be doing all day. So, you know, you, you then bring people on your journey with you. You know, so if you're sat at work and, you know, someone might say something, you can, you can kind of say, well, yeah, you know, but I have thought about this or we've always done it this way, but why, why wouldn't we do it this way? And suddenly, you know, the infectious enthusiasm, again, draws people along that journey. So you've spent a lot of time with people, um, you know, obviously helping them try on clothes and, try, and, and going shopping, but I'm sure that conversations can get quite personal and, and that this is an opportunity for people to talk about what's going on for them. What are some of the, the, uh, the mindset restrictions that people have? What's some of the stuff that's going on for people that does mean that they don't feel confident to, to wear certain things or that they have lost their way? I think life. Life throws curveballs at us, doesn't it? It throws curveballs at us. Um, life changes. So, you know, I have, a, like I was saying earlier on, there's a range of clients. So there could be clients that have gone through separation, divorce, bereavement, illness, they could be clients that have come out of university. They're now heading to the workplace for the very first time. It's a very, you know, it's a very scary place for someone who's come out of uni. They may have the qualifications of what they've got. However, they're about to enter in that big bad world, you know, now where you get paid for doing something. So they, they want to make, again, see, they want to make that first impression. Um, I see clients as well that have, maybe especially ladies they've taken maternity leave because they've had children they've then maybe taken a year off um and those are the clients that come back and say do you know what Lisa? i've been out of this for a whole year my business has changed slightly you know when i left everyone was wearing this but now because i've popped in again recently to you know catch up with um colleagues they all look a bit different now so now i've got to up my game because i've got to kind of not conform to what they're all wearing, but I want to feel like I fit in. So, you know, they don't want to feel like the outsider. You could have uh, people that are going through retirement. You know, everybody's life suddenly might change. Um, and that's when they think, oh, okay, 
well, hold on, I haven't bought any clothes for a while or I don't know what to wear or I don't know how to wear it, but I want to look modern. So there's a very fine line with looking trendy and modern because, you know, trendy is very much, you know, what's on trend and we all want to look modern because I have a massive um, statement that I always say, style has no age limit. You know, not just because you're 20 are you um, perceived to look a certain way and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and whatever. Style has no age limit, but it can look age appropriate. So we can look age appropriate while still showing our personality and still creating that modern look so that people go, oh, do you know what? She looks nice or he looks nice. Or do you know what? That guy there has got those socks on that have got this season's colour in or you know that type of thing um so i have a, a massive range but i think a lot of it is is definitely round to life life just changes doesn't it and and we move with it yeah i remember i mean that's one of the reasons that i came to you is that my daughter was maybe four something like that three or four and um just that massive change of lifestyle and being a mum just it did i'd sort of lost my way a bit and um, yeah, just didn't quite know what to wear anymore and had sort of forgotten. When you spent nine months in maternity clothes, <laughs> you come out the other side going, I don't really know what to wear now. I just, I'm glad to have a waistline again. You know, that, that was about it. Um, so it was really, I, I think that's right. I think, you know, new job or new company or change in life circumstances or just feeling like you want to shape something up a bit, um, all of those are moments where it might be worth looking at. Um, am I in alignment with the way that I dress? Does this still feel like me? Yeah, and, and you know, one of the other things is interviews. So people who are, you know, into the whole interview process is different from, from one business to another business. Um, and obviously, see that first impression. It always keeps coming back to that whole first impression. But people want to make that first impression. So like you said earlier, it's better to look slightly smarter than looking um, a little bit more casual. However, you still have to think about the business that you're potentially going into to make sure that you still would not stick out like a sore thumb. Because... Obviously, from a business point of view, those interviewers, whether they're the, the business leaders or the HR executives, you know, they'll be looking at has this person got the skill set, but also will this person fit in with our business? Will it fit in with the other employees? Does it fit the business ethos? Everything like that. So interview is another big one, you know, that people come and say, yeah, what can I wear? And again, it still goes back to, well, we need to show them who you are as a person, but we just need to also make sure that you follow the, the business ethos. So if you think about someone like Innocence as a, as a brand, far more relaxed, you know, they have a putting green in their offices, that type of thing. If you had someone going for a role within there, their dress code would look very different at an interview than someone who was going to work as a financial advisor in the business in the banking industry but we can still show their personalities on both points and still make them look professional and exude that they have the ability to work within that organization 
Yeah. And I wonder if it works the other way too, which is that if you, you know that in order to get a job in this place and to not stick out, you'd have to wear clothes that really feel wrong to you. Then I wonder if that's also an indication that this probably isn't the right company for you. You know, if you, if, 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 if it's so out of sync and you would really not, yeah, you just wouldn't be comfortable. You're, you're an artistic person and you express yourself um, in, in quite dramatic ways, but you'd have to really, really tone that down to get a job in this place. Maybe it's not the right place. Yeah, but we've all seen it, haven't we? You know, and, and potentially, if I've got it, if I go back years and years and years, I worked for a big corporate, you know, within there, and I worked my way through the business. But there were certain roles that I did that absolutely were not me. You know, they, they weren't me. I think I worked in finance and, oh, my God, my figures are horrendous. You know, and I worked in it. The people were lovely. But was it really me? No. You know, so I gradually worked my way around until I worked within recruitment for the business and I worked within HR. Oh, absolutely, my bag, because I love people. And, if, and so from my perspective, you're absolutely right. We've all still done maybe jobs that we've, done because we've done them but did we love them enough to conform to what potentially that is how we choose clothes you know it's quite interesting isn't it because what's that saying um we live to work we no is it the other way around we live to work or work to live work, work to live yeah we work to live we don't live to work so you know it's really really intriguing i think so we're, we're kind of coming to the end, but there's, there's something I want to talk to you about, which is um, something I probably never would have had to talk about 15, 20 years ago, uh, tattoos and piercings. So uh, particularly the tattoos, um, I have a tattoo actually, but it's very, very well hidden. If it's on your bottom, I don't need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I will not say. There are people listening to this that don't need to know that information. Um, but, but the point is, it's not particularly on show, but, but there are lots of tattoos now that you see that are very much on show. You, you wouldn't be able to hide them and, and, and people have no uh, desire to hide them. This is a, again, a way that they're expressing who they are. Our attitudes to, to tattoos, to piercings, uh, e even to the more radical hairstyles, are they, are they changing? Is it becoming more acceptable in in particular industries say i think it's becoming <clears throat> more acceptable however i still think in certain business sectors it is still not deemed as appropriate to be on show um rightly or wrongly i think you have to take from that perspective the business lead from it um and it even goes down to you know some businesses still won't you know that whole saying dress down friday they still don't al allow that whole relaxed more look on a friday because in a survey that was done oh gosh about two years ago it was deemed that employees are less productive when they do not wear dress formal dress code is wrong but they wear what the business seems as appropriate mm. um i think it, it absolutely depends on the business so Again, if you were, and you see it an awful lot, you see somebody working in, you know, a barista or they've got their t-shirts on with their tattoos and then, you know, piercings, it, it kind of doesn't look out of place. Um, 
because they're working in an industry that is far more um, available to the public. You know, so people just, we, we all take it, don't we? Because that's life, because this is, this is what life is all about. Everybody's different, they can express themselves, etc. Would that be deemed appropriate in the banking industry? Absolutely not. You know, they would prefer, if they, they definitely wouldn't discriminate and not employ somebody with a tattoo or a piercing, but they might say to them, we would prefer you to wear a long sleeve shirt during business hours um, and maybe not have your piercing in. Um, but maybe you then flip it to somewhere like the media, it's okay. So again, I think you can allow, people will and businesses allow people to, you know, exude their personality, but, in, but it will absolutely be business related. Fantastic. And, and do you think that that is changing? I mean, we've already talked about the changes you've experienced over the decade that you've been doing this work. Do you think in another 10 years, it's possible that we'll be saying, actually, you can have tattoos now on show in the banking industry? I don't know. Because if, if, you, if you look at the banking industry, for example, hasn't changed much. So go back nine years, their dress code was still the same. Because they are fine. It's really interesting because they're deemed as financial experts. So would we take notice of somebody who was trying to deliver stock market information, you know, in a, in a polo shirt and a, and a tattoo? I, I don't know if that will change that much because it hasn't really changed in nine years. Whereas definitely, I think for an office role, you know, you know, you work for a big, I don't know, telecoms company or a big tech company. I think you'll definitely see that come in more and more because, you know, even go back five years, you know, if someone rocked up with a tattoo, people were more shocked. They were a bit like, oh, you know, that's a tattoo. Whereas, you know, people like David Beckham and They've made it far more available and it's become actually very much of a fashion accessory. So, you know, if you think about a sleeve as a tattoo, it really isn't much different to a printed shirt sleeve, is it really? Um, I, so in certain industries, I think it will relax. In others, I think they'll stay very, very how they were. Yeah. So... Where should people start? I mean, if, if this conversation has inspired them to say, you know what, I, I don't think about this, I don't think about the impression, I, I, I don't feel comfortable in my clothes and I'd like to, I'd like to express myself a bit more. Where, where would you suggest people start with experimenting? Is it, is it the hair? Is it, is it the jacket? What, what's the first step? I would say initially it's about looking at the star personality element because if they suddenly take great you know um reference from what we've discussed today which i really hope people do to suddenly rush out to the shops and think god i'm going to do something different they're still going to hit that high street because it is quite a daunting place and think oh god where do i start <laughs> whereas actually if you kind of take a few steps back I always say to, to clients, you know, your wardrobe is a four-pronged approach. You've got to understand who you are as a person, so your star personality. You then have to take into account your lifestyle, 
So what do you do? You know, do you work? Have you got children? What do you do in your casual time? Everything like that. You know, do you go out with friends? Do you go out, out, or do you just go out? You know, so if you can understand your lifestyle, you can therefore make sure that that wardrobe that you have contains elements in it that work for your lifestyle. You then take into account your body shape because if you don't take into account the shape of your body and what styles and shapes and things will suit it, it then still becomes a little bit difficult. And the fourth prong is your wardrobe. So if you take into account those other three elements, the wardrobe will be the most exciting place for you and very easy because people are so time poor. You know, I want people to be able to open up that wardrobe in the morning and think, do you know what? I'm playing golf today. I can do that. I've got a meeting in central London today. I need to wear this. Or actually, I'm working from home today so I can wear this, not just my pajamas. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's really interesting to just start at the beginning, you know, understand who you are as a person through your style personality because then you start to think ah that's why i'm drawn to for example tm lewin shirts or that's why i prefer um urban outfitters because they're slightly more informal so people can start to then think okay this is who i am as a person so now how can i start to reflect that in the clothes that i buy online or you go to the store or whatever so therefore once you understand who you are you can understand where you might need to take it from a clothing point of view so then when you go to the stores or you work with somebody like myself you've then got that ability to think ah that works that works that's a little bit different not tried it on before but i'll take it in and i'll try it on or i'll order it online or whatever so that that's what i would recommend that's fantastic. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. I hope it has, has inspired people to just try something a little bit different and get out of get out of the uniform. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Wasn't that great? I really loved talking to Lisa and I loved the the idea that your clothes uh, become an expression of who you are and that there are things you can do even at work to express who you are, a little bit of punk in your suit as well as under your suit, maybe. I'm back next week, of course. It's another interview show, sticking actually sort of with the subject of fashion, but we're talking bigger picture uh, with Ryan Palmer, who is one of the co-founders of the London Sock Company, and he's going to be sharing about his amazing business, the business model, and really helping us to get inside the mindset of this new generation of young entrepreneurs who are Uh, really changing their industry by thinking differently about how they serve their customers. So that is next week. And in the meantime, you can, of course, stay in touch with me and the team here at That People Thing. You can email me, Blair, at thatpeoplething.com. You can email me about anything. If you want to be on the show and think you would be an amazing guest, if there's a topic that you'd like me to talk about that maybe I've touched on and you'd like me to go into in more detail, if you want to talk about working with me or bringing me in to speak at your organization just drop me a line you can even call me the phone number is on the website i love it when people just 
have the the guts to just pick up the phone and, and call directly. You can also stay in touch with our antics as a family on uh, Instagram. That's at a brilliant gamble. And you can f- join the Facebook group, Punks in Suits, or follow me at Blair Palmer on Twitter. But with a reminder of all of that and information about our newsletter, here is the lovely Ivy Palmer. We'd love to hear from you. You can stay in touch with us on Twitter at Blair Palmer on our Punks and Suits Facebook page by email Blair at thatpeopledame.com and our newly renamed Instagram account which is now called A Brilliant Gamble. And if you go to the website www.thatpeoplething.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. You'll get articles, tips and provocative questions straight to your inbox. And a free exclusive five-part series written by Mummy covering the main themes of Parks and Soup's concept and revealing her dirty little secret. Ooh. Hi, 